0: It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. NFL Draft just 14 days away. Let's uh, talk about it in detail here. It's Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvat. We're live on the Bet 1430 in Denver, 1059 FM, HD2 in Chicago, 931 HD3 in Los Angeles. Download the free Odyssey app today to watch, listen, and subscribe to the BetQL Daily podcast. The big uh, news yesterday, Justin Fields had his second pro day. And, uh, Ross, it's pretty funny because you, you have these these reports that leak out throughout the afternoon. Wait, I think it was that coach, but you can't really tell because everyone's wearing a mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a little confused. Let's just start with this. I'm a little confused about the whole concept of having pro days and back-to-back weeks. Yeah. I, I guess it's back in the day you do these private workouts for teams, and since they can't do that, he did like his normal pro day last week, which right. is he gets to design everything. Then back in the day, not even back in the day, like last year or years before that, you would, you would do private workouts for teams, and they would tell you what to do. They would put you through what they wanted you to do. And I think that's really what yesterday was, was a showcase in particular for the Niners and Falcons. It was like, hey, Niners at three, Falcons at four, draft me. I'm good. Watch me do the stuff you want your guys to do.
0: The reason for the second pro day was because the date of the first pro day there were other quarterbacks having that. was, was Mac Jones that same day. I'm for, I'm yes. getting my like, dates mixed up. Yes. Okay. So that was the reason for it. Yeah. yeah. It's so we keep talking about the top three and there are, I'd say the majority of people believe that they know it's going to be Mac Jones. Number three. I, we'll talk about that uh, coming up in a minute, but I feel like much of the conversation stops there and tell me if I'm wrong, Ross, because We had the fewest amount of college games we've ever seen. There's limited contact. Like you mentioned, you don't have these private workouts. It's all up in the air after
1: the first two or three picks, right? Yeah, so here's the deal, right? I strongly believe the Niners are going to take Mac Jones. Okay. Now, it's not a done deal like Trevor Lawrence at one and Zach Wilson at two. I just don't believe that you would trade three first-round picks and a third-round pick without knowing the guy you're getting. And they they have a good relationship with the Jets. Robert Sala was in. They know the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. Just like five years ago, the Eagles knew the Rams were taking Jared Goff. So when the Eagles moved up to number two, they knew they were getting Wentz. Same thing. The Niners know it's Lawrence one, Wilson two. I just don't think you move up to three now unless you got, I'm not gonna say it's a hundred percent, but a real good idea who you're gonna end up taking. And I think it's Mac Jones, because there would be no reason at this point for the 49ers to throw anybody off their scent. Like they don't need to be right. secretive about it. And we've talked before about, you know, the Kyle Shanahan, Chris Sims matching initial tattoos on their ankle. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would sell out you know, a 20-plus year relationship with Sims. Now, look, maybe Justin Fields blew him away. Maybe he can be convinced. But let's look at it this way, okay? And I'll give you guys some inside information here. Think about the quarterbacks that we know the Shanahans love. They loved Kirk Cousins. Loved them. In fact, I think that that's the guy that Kyle Shanahan thought he would be able to bring to San Francisco. I can tell you for a fact, going to Washington training camp, probably 2010 or 2011 maybe, talking with Kyle Shanahan about the success he had in Houston, he looked at me and he said, quarterback's really good. I said, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Schaub's a good player. He's like, no, no, he's really good. They like guys like Matt Schaub and Kirk Cousins. They like the super accurate, smart, uh, not overly physical gifted guys. That's what they like. That's what they want. Think about how bad of a relationship and experience they had with RG3. Think about how bad that went. And I'm not saying Justin Fields or Trey Lance or RG3. They're not. I'm just saying, you know who Mac Jones reminds me of? Matt Schaub and Kirk Cousins. That's who Mac Jones reminds me of. And Trey Lance and Justin Fields—they're not like Matt Schaub and Kirk Cousins. They're closer to RG three. I would be very surprised if Kyle Shanahan does not take Mac Jones at number three.
0: I just—the part I can't get past is: Did you really have to get to three to to ensure Mac Jones?
1: Yes, they did to ensure it you know like they 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 could have theoretically joe Trubisky. waited right <laughs> or taken the chance but they wanted to have control they wanted okay. to make sure that they could get their guy i will always
0: respect that if you have conviction on a player and you are 100% on what they are going to be. They're going to be perfect for your system. They can help you win a championship at some point in their career. If you make that move, as much as I dislike Ryan Pace and some of his moves and his process, the day after that draft, I'll say, well, hey, at least he found his guy. He may be wrong. He may get fired over it, and it still hasn't happened. But he... He thought what he found was his guy. He was just
1: dead wrong on it, but he moved up and he got him. Correct. And he was dead wrong, and he should have already been fired. Yes, correct, correct. Uh,
0: Horvat, are you set on three, Mac Jones?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I just think it's crazy with Fields
2: just because we've been talking about him since he was a sophomore in high school. But, I mean, Ross makes a great point right there. And if you look at Kyle Shanahan, you know, I think that Fields, I mean, he could end up being the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, I'm pretty sold on Trevor Lawrence, but – I mean, the guy's a dual threat. He just ran a 4-3. He's got the arm strength. I think he's going to be a ridiculous playmaker. But with Kyle Shanahan, like Ross said in that offense, like you look, Matt Schaub, didn't he lead the league in passing yards in 2009 with Shanahan? Probably. Ryan did in 2016. He won the MVP. So I feel like rather than looking for the best playmaker, he just wants somebody that's going to make the right reads, right, in that offense, Ross, you would say, for Shanahan?
1: Yes. He just wants a guy that's going to stay healthy and know where to go with the ball and be accurate going there. I mean, like like,
2: from that NFC title game two years ago, where Jimmy Garoppolo dropped back to throw eight passes that entire game. And they ran the ball for 300 plus yards against the Packers. I mean, in Shanahan's offense, I do think that Mac Jones will be probably the perfect fit, but I mean, if it was me, I'd go with fields. I I don't like the knock on fields that he had a couple bad, that he had a couple stinkers in big 10 play this year. Because if you look at it, like there probably isn't a college football season this year. If it isn't for Trevor Lawrence, and if it isn't for uh Justin Fields actually kind of like coming to the front and wanting to play and leading that movement and i feel like he had a couple bad games but also like look at the situation that ohio state was in all year they didn't know who was going to be playing the covid outbreaks that they had at that school they were just trying to fit games in to get into the college football playoff i just feel like when the lights were on in the biggest game of the year a game that he probably shouldn't have even been playing in Justin Fields was the best player on the field. So I would go Fields, but but I get why they would take Mac Jones, and I think he'll be the perfect fit for Shanahan.
0: That's right, Horvath. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Ross Tucker here as well on BetQL Daily. Guys, let's take a look at these uh, points bet numbers for the over-under draft spots in the first round on all these players that are listed Uh, Here And and we knocked out the Mac Jones conversation. We're not going to go with that. Most people believe, like Ross, that he's going to be the third overall pick, and that's why San Francisco moved up there. However, I have heard some people talk over the last few days, hey, I'm going to go with Fields at plus money at number three overall. Um, We're not sure that that's going to happen. But let's talk about some of these over-unders. Ross, you can go first. You have the board. Uh, Which one is your favorite?
1: Favorite over under on the board over at Points Bet. You know, it's interesting because I like uh several of these, but I'm gonna go over five and a half on Penny okay. Soul. Um, I'm looking at points bet right now, and he's at five and a half. Uh the overs minus one thirty-five, so it's a little bit juiced. The under's plus one oh five, but guys, the only shot he has to go under is the Bengals at 5. And they could very easily take Kyle Pitts, the tight end. They could easily take Jamar Chase and pair him with Joe Burrow. In fact, I I, I honestly... Look, there's people, a decent amount of people, that think Rashawn Slater is a better O-line prospect than Penny Sewell. Now, I don't think the Bengals are going to do that. But I like the over 5.5 for Penny Sewell quite a bit. I would say... At best, in my mind, there's about a 33% chance that the Bengals take him at five. At best. I'm shocked. I totally thought you were going somewhere else on the board. I know that pick will go probably uh,
0: sometime soon. Okay, Sewell over five and a half. It's at a juice number. As always, shop around. Ryan Horvath, what is your pick for uh, first round here?
2: Yeah, I want to go with Trey Lance over six and a half. What concerns me a little bit is if Lawrence and Wilson and Fields go off the board, the teams are going to start freaking out like they always do, and they're going to move up to try to get a quarterback. I like Trey Lance, man. hes I mean, the arm strength is ridiculous. You saw that at his pro day. But I honestly, I think he ends up going to Denver. I think he goes a little bit later on. I do think he'll be top 10, but I don't see it coming before pick number seven. I think he's going to end up in Denver because I don't know that they're, that they're sold on their quarterback situation right there. I just think that that's a fit for him or maybe even later on. I don't see him going before pick seven though. I don't see it with Trey Lance. So that'll be my pick right there.
0: All right. I like that pick. Ross, just a quick follow-up. Want to get your thoughts on Lance there. Uh, The mock drafts that I've been checking out, he's all over the place. Like people cannot pinpoint exactly where Lance is is going. I've seen him anywhere in the top 15. Ross, how do you compare that to like the Jordan love
2: situation? where like, we saw mocks where Jordan love was going like day two. And then my team of course moves up, even though they have a hall of fame quarterback to select them. But like, is it kind of like that situation or is it more like a Josh Allen situation for Trey Lance?
1: I think it's more like a Josh Allen situation. I'd be very surprised if he didn't go in the top 10. I think people like him more than they like Justin Fields. And I think, I think it's a really good fit for him in Atlanta at number four. Uh, sit behind Matt Ryan for a year. Then the Falcons can trade Matt Ryan next offseason. I I think that the Falcons will think long and hard about Trey Lance at four. Mm -hmm. I like
2: it. Real quick, what's the
1: knock on Justin Fields? Is
2: it the last person in the weight room, first person to leave? What's going on all of a sudden now where we've been talking about Justin Fields, like I said, when he was in high school in Georgia, and now all of a sudden there's a chance he's going to slip to seven or eight or be the third or fourth quarterback taken. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had two pretty bad games um, against Indiana, against Northwestern, and those were big games. I mean, Indiana, they needed to win that to win the Big Ten. Uh, then they had played in the Big Ten championship game. And it's kind of weird because there's a bunch of guys that came back to Ohio State. Wyatt Davis was late first-round pick. Now I see projections of third or fourth round. Sean Wade was supposed to be a top-20 pick. Now he's going to go fourth or fifth round. You know, the more you play – kind of like a Matt liner or a Matt Barkley, yeah. the more you give people an opportunity to poke holes in your game. There are some concerns about what Field did against Indiana and Northwestern. And Zach Wilson played awesome. Mac Jones played awesome. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones had no bad games. Justin Fields had two bad games. That's the concern. Speaking of Fields,
0: my first pick is Fields. Over 4.5. Over. I think he slides a little bit here uh, in that range of seven, eight, nine. Detroit, Carolina, Denver. I'm assuming that all of those teams are looking for quarterbacks, especially Carolina and Denver. They've been involved in some trade conversations, and uh, they're going to get what they hope is their quarterback of the future, and they're hoping uh, Fields will slide, and I think he will. I think he will past, past four here since we think Mac Jones is going third overall. It just everything says that Matt Ryan is going to stick around in Atlanta, even though they have a new regime right there. So, uh, and I don't think they're going to trade out of it. Fields slides to that seven to nine area. So I'm going over four and a half for Fields. And this is the pick that I thought Ross was going to go first overall Parsons. Yeah. Every time I look, it's like Parsons is sliding, and the number is not jumping like I thought it would. It's a little juice at minus 125, but the Parsons number is at 11 and a half. So, some of the most accurate mock- mockers have them going in the 20s, so I'm going uh, with Parsons at over 11 and a half.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I actually uh, – that, that was going to be my next one. I was going to yeah. go over 11.5 on Micah Parsons. There are some concerns about him off the field. I got to tell you, I've, I've known him like since ninth grade. I think it's overblown. The Penn State people I talk to rave about him. And I know what he did and I know what the concerns are. I can mm-hmm. pretty much guarantee you some of these other guys did stuff way worse than Micah did. I'm just telling you, and just we just don't know about it. You hear his name on any of these shows, podcasts?
0: First thing they say is off the field, off the field. Uh, we'll continue our draft and the NFL draft prop conversation. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily. Keep it locked into the BetQL Audio Network.
1: Jones sets. Going to go deep. Got a man and got it. Complete. John Mechie. Touchdown. 78 yards for the score.
0: It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. If you haven't, make sure you download the BetQL app today. Use our promo code DAILY for 20% off any subscription. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time to help give you an edge over the sportsbooks. Promo code DAILY, 20% off any subscription. It's Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvath. We're talking about the NFL draft and how you'll be able to bet it. Um, our, Our guy, Will Capper, I saw him mention on Twitter yesterday, and I thought he brought up a good point. It, uh, it feels like we've had the same offerings to bet on the NFL draft for about a month. Like They're not getting too creative with it. And if you talk to some of these sports books, they're just placing uh, putting odds out there based on the mock drafts that they're seeing and based on reports from Schefter and Rappaport. It seems uh, year after year that they've uh, been getting their butts kicked on it. But they have to offer it because everybody's
1: offering it. Right. It is a great event to bet on for us. People clean up on the draft. I know pro bettors that this is one of their biggest bet events of the year. You know, when information comes out, sometimes it takes them a while to adjust the numbers. So, like, you'll hear over the next two weeks, and I'll be on with you guys the next two weeks, when you hear, like, you'll start to hear stuff leak out about a guy's medical or whatever, like – I looked everywhere to see if they had any Caleb Farley over unders. Because <laughs> yeah. that guy had a back surgery again. He's going low. He yeah. he is not going as high as people thought he would go. So anywhere where he was like number one corner, if you could fade that, you know, will he be the first corner taken? No, like all of that stuff. I don't think the books do well on the draft at all, Joe, because mm-hmm. It's one of the – you know, there's one thing when information comes out before a game that can impact potentially a game. Information comes out before the draft that absolutely is the information. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's like – it's not like – not like, <laughs> no, honey, no. I'm live on the air. Nope. Go over there, baby. <laughs> the, the beauties of – the beauties of virtual <laughs> – Virtual learning, thanks yep. to uh someone in my daughter's class testing positive, unfortunately. Oh, still. Jeez. So um I was yes. wondering. Yeah, Same. no, hun, this is not like I'm I'm live on TV and radio right now, babe. Um so Tell her she she was just on YouTube. <laughs> you were just on YouTube. She that she's gonna come over again. That didn't dissuade her. <laughs> oh, sorry. She's gonna she's gonna come over again. So no, but what I was gonna say is. Like, there's, a, there, there's more props we can talk about that yeah. I really like. But, like, the Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, like, if you really know who to follow on social media and you can read between the lines on some of the things they post, you can get a real good jump on a lot of these numbers. And not only that, then there will be, like, the, the week of the draft, you got to just stay on Twitter and as soon as they say injury concerns, character concerns, boom, under, 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 or over, whatever, yeah. over, 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 like y- y- you just got to be ready because it's going to happen.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can get out of bets too if you find out the information is wrong. You were going to take a shot, or or there are many opportunities where you can get plus money on both sides, depending depending on when you bet it. This is a BetQL Daily. Let's con- continue with our snake draft. Ross Tucker went first. He said Sewell over five and a half. Horvat said Trey Lance over six and a half. My first pick, I went with Fields over four and a half. Overs everywhere. And uh, Parsons over 11 and a half. So after Lance Horvat, what are you thinking?
2: All right, let me get an under here. And uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. What is that? 11 and a half, I believe, is the last that I saw that that was at. Correct. Uh, Under 11 and a half. I think he goes top 10. You know what's crazy about Waddle? Like, If you look at the first four weeks of the season uh, at Alabama, before he goes down with that ankle injury, he was pretty much their number one receiver. He had 557 yards receiving and four touchdowns. Now, Smith had a ridiculous year. Obviously, he was the Heisman for a reason. But the first four weeks of the season for, for Smith, he had 483 receiving yards, so about 200 less than Waddle and they had the same amount of receiving touchdowns. Now, I don't know which one's going to be better in the pros, but I'm just saying I think that that's pretty good value with Waddle. Now he's probably a raw talent. Um, Like five, six years ago, I think he'd probably drop in this draft because he is only, what, 5'10", 180 pounds. But I think that he's going to be like the perfect – that's that's the type of receiver that you want in the slot, obviously, and I think he could play on the outside as well. So I'll go with uh, Jalen Waddle. I'll go the under on him. I think he's a top-10 pick. You're You're betting him to be the first receiver, aren't you? There it is. Uh, 11 and a half. No, ah, man, I I wanted to. I I do think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be Jamar Chase. I think it's going to be Chase. I mean, everybody that I talk to just hypes up Chase. Um, But I do think, I think we're going to see a lot of receivers go. Uh, I said that like last year, obviously that was the deepest wide receiver class we've seen in years. And as a Packers fan. I really wanted Justin Jefferson. Of course, he ended up in Minnesota. But I mean, once one guy went off the board, like they are, they all started flying off the board. I think there's going to be probably. What do you think? How many receivers do you think go in the first round? Over five and a half. Hmm.
1: Um, I'm. You know, I got to be honest with you. At this stage, I'm not great on the position totals. Yeah, it's tough. Just because you know I haven't looked as much. At the stuff like in the second half of the round, you know, right. or 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. I haven't been as prolific there. I will say this if I'm allowed to go, Joe, with my next one. Yeah, go ahead. You got back to back. Um, I love the under six and a half for Jamar Chase. Okay. Under six and a half Jamar Chase. Now, again, it's a little juiced, but... I just don't see it. Look, the Miami Dolphins traded back up to six for a reason. They wanted to make sure that they got either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. That is my belief. And that they think if they go back up to six, they got a great chance to go up there and get one of those guys. Even if Atlanta takes a quarterback, let's say Atlanta takes a quarterback. Between the Bengals and the Dolphins, Jamar Chase is getting drafted. Yep, Jamar Chase is one of those two picks. I'd be so surprised. Theoretically, the Bengals could take Sewell and the Dolphins could take Pitts. That is a possibility. I just don't believe it. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to take Chase or Pitts. Um, and I think the Bengals are going to take one of those two guys as well. I already said I like the over. For Penny Sewell, I don't think he's going to go to the Bengals at five. So, give me the under six and a half for Jamar Chase. I like that one quite a bit.
0: So, unlike the Sewell situation, you think there is no way another wideout is going
1: before Chase? No. No. I mean, I haven't talked to a single person, Joe, that doesn't think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this draft. Not a single solitary soul. In fact... Um, I had Scott Barrett. I don't know if you guys know Scott Barrett, but he was on the Fantasy yeah. Feast. Yeah, he was on the Fantasy Feast podcast. He has all kinds of wide receiver models and whatever. He, he his model goes back to twenty fifteen. Jamar Chase, by far the best receiving prospect he's ever charted. I really? mean, you think what he did at age nineteen? You know, his second year at LSU, yeah. and he was way more productive than Justin Jefferson. Who just went to the Pro Bowl? By the way, how about this stat? Again, courtesy of the Fantasy Feast, Joe. How many? How many first round picks? How many first round wide receivers mm-hmm. since 2015 do you think have made a Pro Bowl? So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, it's, 20. It's Six short. years. It's short. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Five. Uh, I'll go four. Two. That's amazing. Amari Cooper Cooper and and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. I was blown away by that because it feels like with DK Metcalf and McLaurin, like there's been a lot of good like second round receivers and there have been other good first round ones, but it's not that hard to make a Pro Bowl. You know, only two of them have made a Pro Bowl. Amari Cooper. Everybody wants all the – everybody's saying, don't take Kyle Pitts, he's a tight end. Don't take Kyle Pitts, he's a tight end. Take a receiver – like – what are we talking about here? Only two guys in the first round have even made the Pro Bowl.
0: As you're, ta- as you're mentioning that, that number that is amazing. I- I'm thinking about what we just witnessed in free agency, Ross, how it was a down market for receivers overall, how Allen Robinson said, okay, give me that sheet. I'm going to sign it. It doesn't sound like – I don't know if he would have gotten a mega deal. For some reason, the Bears are hesitant to sign up. We were talking about how Gall- Galladay didn't get the contract he was expecting – it feels like the league as a whole is now backing off on paying receivers Buku Bucks.
1: Well, I think this was a really unique offseason because of the cap going down as much as it did and because of how good the draft class is. And mm-hmm. we've seen so many young receivers come into the league and play really really well i mean every guy the steelers drafts it seems like you know even guys second round claypool juju i just think people believe rather than paying a wide receiver like galladay 18 20 million dollars a year you might be able to get somebody comparable in the first or second round
0: i agree okay so, so ross you took sewell over five and a half chase under six and a
1: half what's your last pick I'm going to go under 10 and a half for Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. He is really good. I like him. I like the bet for him still to be the first O-lineman taken. Uh, I think that is a terrific bet. I think it's 50-50 between him and Sewell. He could easily be drafted by the Lions at 7, Panthers 8, Broncos 9, and Cowboys at 10. I think all very realistic options for Rashawn Slater.
0: Okay, so Ross goes Sewell over five and a half, Chase under six and a half, and Slater under ten and a half. For the record, you've been saying that Slater play is the bet for like a month. So this yes. is not something you're just jumping on, yeah. And Correct. and now you now you,
1: Jeremiah, he's a, he's one of the guys that has Slater as the first alignment too, right? Yeah, and you, uh, there's several mock drafts that do, and you talk to offensive yeah. line coaches. And they feel that way. It's still plus 350. Yeah. I mean, it's still plus 350. And I'm telling you guys it's 50 50. Right. Okay. I'll give you another one because I'm mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm in a giving mood right now. I think you should look hard. Plus 700. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the Nerd AIM linebacker. Yeah. He is explosive. He's lightning. Greg Cosell, yesterday compared him to derwin james and if people have these concerns about micah parsons with the off the field stuff uh, yeah. you know i i think it's pretty close between those two guys as to which one's the first linebacker off the board so i okay. think that's really good value as well all right love it horvat you've got one more play you
0: did uh trey lance over six and a half waddle under 11 and a half what's your last one who's the best db in this draft joe
2: in your opinion,
0: I'm going down the list. Where are we? Certain? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? So, if Dallas, you guys, you brought up Dallas,
2: they pick everybody, has three. them going there. Yeah. Why would they not take Certain? So, if I could get 10.5, and that's minus 112 right now, that may be one of my favorite plays here. I'm going to go Patrick Certain. I'll go under 10.5. I don't understand why Dallas wouldn't make that pick at number 10. They just lost their. Top corner in free agency. The only problem is for Dallas. They have so many needs on the defensive side of the ball. Like, they're set offensively. If Dak comes back and he's 70% of what he was before that injury, they're going to – Because score.
0: they never draft defensive players.
2: That's they why. Anybody. Right, they can't stop anybody. I think that they'd be crazy to let Sertain walk, especially after that pro day. I'm not the biggest pro day guy, but you look at the size. He's 6'2". He's 208. He's a shutdown corner. Ran a 4'4", uh, 40. He's got a 39-inch vertical. I'll go Sertain. I think he's gonna be the next shutdown corner in the league. So I'll go under 10 and a half. Okay. I mean, look how important DBs are, man. Like, honestly, like you think it you think that if you could do redo the draft a couple of years ago that Jair Alexander goes before he did in Green Bay?
0: I did uh, last pick. I was torn on a couple. I'll go with Najee Harris over 29 and a half. Maybe he doesn't even go in the first round. Over 29 and a half. We know the trend with what's been going on in the league. Uh, We had one go in the first round last year with the very last selection. Hilaire goes 32 to KC. I'm not even sure that Harris is going to be the first running back taken. So I'm going over 29.5 there, along with Fields over 4.5, and and Parsons over 11.5. We'll continue draft conversation next.